Hi, and welcome to the Rostrum Agency Managing Reputational Risk podcast with me, Grant Bather. In this series of podcasts, I'll be discussing crisis and reputation management from a public relations and media perspective. I'll take a look at the definition of a crisis, what it feels like to be engulfed in a media storm, the role of a crisis communications team, and what steps businesses and individuals can take to minimise media exposure around reputational risk. Each episode, I'll be joined by guests who will give their unique insight into managing reputational risk. And of course, I'll give my take from a PR perspective. Having started my career as a journalist before becoming a company spokesperson and PR professional, I've seen all angles of a crisis. So join me and my guests as we delve into the issues that play into managing reputational risk. In this episode, I am delighted to be joined by Tim Elshake. Tim is a biomedical scientist, entrepreneur and CEO and co-founder of Nebulae, the world's first augmented intelligence studio, which is involved in solving complex problems and bringing positive impact into people's lives with a people-first approach by harnessing the power of ethical AI. Data and analytics can play a huge role in helping to mitigate, minimise and manage reputational risk, and Tim is perfectly placed to provide insight into AI and data management. Welcome, Tim. Thanks, Grant. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So the first question that I ask every single guest that appears on a podcast is, how do you define a crisis? On the personal capacity, of course, crisis when things don't work out for me, right? As an entrepreneur, for instance, if I'm pitching to investors or something goes wrong in my pitch that would destroy my image in front of investors and investors, especially the big VCs, they all know each other really well. And if I would screw up, they would be like, oh, yeah, don't listen to that guy. He just doesn't know what he's talking about. And instantly you can lose a massive list of investors that would want to fund your company. So it's reputational, I suppose, as an individual, of course, especially in business now, that everything that I do, everything that I say, you know, is genuine. I like to be very honest. I'm, you know, people know me for being really outspoken, but I like to get my facts right. I never say anything unless I can back it up with some kind of fact. Sort of the second perspective, yeah. of course, as a company, um, again, especially with Nebula, because we're involved in artificial intelligence, which is a very, I, I say publicly that it's a dangerous field because we deal with so much data, personal data as well. All it takes is a tiny misstep for a data breach to happen. People in general don't trust artificial intelligence, and rightly so, they should not. Um, And certainly anything like that, any kind of data breach or uh, a hack or anything like that can absolutely destroy your reputation. And this is really the reality of the digital world that we live in today. And this is not just exclusively to Nebulae. I mean, you know, your listeners probably running their own business, you know, that's something that they can they can suffer themselves if they have a data breach. It would not only it would it could potentially impact them, impact their employees, but it will impact their customers. One data breach somewhere can have a massive and serious ripple effects everywhere. I was quite drawn to to the point you made about having your handle on the facts, tell people what you know and how you know it. Be in charge of those key facts. Be the people that journalists stakeholders internal external turn to to go okay they you know they they might not have everything right at the moment but these are the people that will keep me updated so if you can continue to be um you know to be trusted even during those uh reputational events then i think that can go a really long way absolutely and especially i suppose because in in my sector which is the technology sector there's so much hype and i think 
people tend to jump on the high bandwagon without getting their facts right. There's a, yeah. there's a serious trust issue with AI. All of the companies that were overhyping their AI offering are now suffering as a result of that because they, you know their customers are like, oh, you know, you you said that you guys doing AI. Uh, okay, now I'm, I'm not sure I want to do business with you anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so you've got to be very careful with that, especially with with in the tech world because the, the technology world is changing so rapidly and this is even pre-covid post-covid we've seen even a, a bigger change than ever before i've never seen this in my entire career now we're living in what i like to describe as the post-digital transformation which is really it's post-covid digital transformation because if you look at what happened before covid whatever plans that people had about ai development digital transformation plan it was actually based on the old normal yeah, And it's and most of it, not all of it, but most of the infrastructure and the ideas that were available at the time are completely irrelevant now. And does this spell trouble for the next 12 months? Um, I think 2022, we'll see, I'm afraid to say, we will see a lot of problems in this area where there will be a rush in adopting new technology. When you rush into it and try to adopt more technologies into your company, you're basically increasing that risk. It certainly seems to be the case that, as you said, a lot a lot of businesses are changing their business plans, looking mm-hmm. at how to accelerate their growth and AI data all plays into that. But it is making sure that the business can sustain that level of acceleration and yeah. is looking at the right thing from a kind of a reputational perspective. What are the key drivers, do you think, the key metrics that organizations can take a look at? It's, it's, it's absolutely important as a business that you look at the technological developments that are happening around you and you think, okay, I think that my company needs this. And the key question that you need to answer, which is always the most difficult questions to answer is why. If yeah. you look at the MIT report that was published in October, 2020, they said that something like 20, uh, sorry, 10% of AI investments achieved some kind of ROI. So that means it's 90% failure rate. Which is a which is terrible. So, how do businesses go around and switch that to a ninety percent success rate? You've got to get the basics right, right from the beginning. You need to get, you know, you need to understand first, you know, what are the risks involved in whatever you know data strategy you might have. Indeed, any software, you know, if you want, you know, the metaverse. That's the new thing that now everybody's hyping up about. If you want to get into the yeah. metaverse, well, what is the metaverse? What's the constructs of the metaverse? What are the, yeah. you know, what are the security challenges within the metaverse? What are the security challenges for your employees involved in the metaverse? What's the security challenges of your customers involved? In the, I mean, there's so many questions you've got to answer first before you even start developing the strategy because if you get it wrong and you have crisis yeah and well guess what Jur- you know tech journalists will absolutely come to you and they will be like okay weren't you aware of this problem before why didn't you deal with this loophole before and and rightly so they should scrutinize you because you should have done your homework is there a, a case of they're running before they can walk it's good to sound sexy but we have seen examples where companies overhyped um their products a little bit that probably would have worked in the 90s because people in general, the consumer market were not, were, were quite excited about technology, but they're not as tech savvy as they are today. Right now, especially Gen Z, they are, they know about technology probably more than, <laughs> more than the millennials, in, yeah. you know, who have a degree in computer science or something. It's, <laughs> it's quite astonishing. Now, it's, a, it's amazing because, you know, now, uh, like, I mean, I'll give you an example. My daughter, she's only 10. 
and she wants to get into NFTs. Wow. I'm like, okay, um, that's the world wow. that we live in. So, uh, so that's the thing. I think we live in a very different world. And yeah, and so it's uh, it is to to earlier point you mentioned about education. So managing yeah. reputational risk is knowing what you're involved in, knowing what you want to do, but knowing why you want to do it, and mm. and understanding every single step of the way before you go. This is definitely the right direction for us i read that you like to research business failures to ensure you're keeping uh, an eye on potential <laughs> obstacle yeah so are there any key general points that any business can take so i've kind of like to see what mistakes other entrepreneurs made that led them to you know lose their businesses in, yeah. effectively you know there could be silly things that just people ignoring paying their tax on time <laughs> to right. To things like, you know, all the way up to, you know, the, you know, like Theranos that basically lied yes. their ways, to, you know, to the invested pockets effectively and whatever that comes in between. You can't fake something and turn it into a lie. You should never, ever do that. Definitely a case of fake it till you make it. Absolutely. Probably the number one reason why I feel businesses or startups specifically failed is due to that lack of transparency. And the one thing that I don't like about my counterparts in the tech sector, that they're not transparent enough. I mean, the CEOs of tech companies are not really communicating openly enough with the general public. The tech sector has failed in communicating openly with people. We've seen that so many times. You know, we've seen, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's attempt to to <laughs> metaverse his way out of the issues that were leaked. That That's not working. And I think, and that's kind of sort of the best you get out of out of tech um, entrepreneurs and tech CEOs. Is there a danger that there are so many organizations that are kind of looking at AI at the moment and going, we just need data. We just need to get more data and make more use of it. When in fact, now the opposite may be true. In yep. a, you know, Data just might not be important to their business model or they certainly don't need as much as they think they do. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think um, the whole big data hype is 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 a failure <laughs> uh, actually one of the mathematicians that I, I worked with um i actually still work with he's um he's professor alexander gorban and he told me that there's there's a difference between putting a lot of effort in finding the needle in the haystack and knowing what to do with that needle you know big data is literally it's about collecting as much data as you possibly can from all over the place but then the question is why and from my experience, there is no reason. This idea that you want to collect a lot of data, you need to get rid of that policy now. You need to collect smart data. Smart data is what's relevant to your specific need. And you'll be surprised that you don't need that much data. Yeah. And, and from a reputational perspective and, and managing that reputational risk, the more specific that data is, kind of mm. the, the less options opportunities there are for you know those those crisis events to happen or when they do happen you've got the data to go okay this is what we know this is how we know it and this is what we're doing about it absolutely and i think i think the days of you um telling your customers well we need we need as much of your information just to give you a personalized experience they actually know that you don't need half of their data to get personalized experience so that's not a good enough answer anymore and is there anything now that organizations need to be aware of or looking to on the horizon? The EU are, are launching new regulations right now for businesses, but it will impact any company that collects data. So it's kind of like GDPR 2.0, you <laughs> think of right. it that way. But this time they want, to, they want to regulate how you use that data and the sort of algorithms that you apply in mining personal data. 
So which means that there will be regulations that would control how you use your algorithms, which I'm, to be honest with you, I'm a bit worried about that because my concern usually with regulators is that they tend to put people who don't know anything about AI to regulate AI. So that's, that's a new challenge that businesses will be facing. Yeah, I will certainly get you on to, uh, to another episode of the podcast when, when those guidelines are a little bit clearer. What steps can individuals and or organisations take to mitigate and minimise their exposure to negative reputational issues? I suppose, yeah, be careful with <laughs> what you say on social media, I presume. Um, <laughs> it, it, of course, it comes back to data again. We leave so much data trail behind us when we use our apps, our phones, pretty much everything that you do these days. You've got a massive data trail behind you. And yep. you know, that goes back, I suppose, to this first point like, early in the conversation that you just be careful with what you're doing with your data, really. And what about for organizations? It's important to have a cultural change within the company. I mean, not, well, not just to be a data first company, which means that you understand the value and the danger of data. So it's not just about yeah. collecting random data. I mean, there's one, there's one author I know, Carissa Valise. She wrote a great book called uh, Privacy is Power. And I really love that term. You know, your privacy, your data is your power. I mean, as a, as a company, if you give away your data willy-nilly to suppliers, you're literally giving away your power. Right. And similarly... If, you, if you're trying to take, to take people's data away from them to use it for yourself, well, that's giving you far too much power. And you just have to ask yourself, are you willing to have that power? Well, if you are, well, you better be prepared to, for, again, more scrutiny as a result of that. So, so to have that data first culture within the business, it means that you respect data. You understand the value of the data. You understand the dangers of the data as an organization from top to bottom. And we like to apply the, uh, the principle, what we like to describe as people first strategy, which means that every time you develop a service, technology, AI, algorithms, whatever, think of it from the people's perspective. Because yeah. what we see in the tech sector, again, far too much that they focus a lot on building technology that works at any cost. They don't care about anything else because they want to build the IP. They want to attract VC funds and say, oh, I want to make, get my MVP working. But then they completely forget about, you know, what does MV, this MVP, what sort of negative impact it may have on their users. Yeah. And, um, and again, you know, probably unfairly, but, you know, Facebook has been in the news far too many times. But it's, I think Facebook is a great example of that. If you look at Instagram, because of Instagram, many researchers have found that there's been an increase of over 200% in children's depression. Now, I don't believe that Mark Zuckerberg ex you know, explicitly planned for that, but that's yeah. just a consequence of Facebook's general attitude towards ignoring the value of people's privacy and people's data. They just wanted to create something that grows really, really quickly and you know, attract as many users as possible as soon as possible. So we completely disagree with this. The key word that, that springs to mind for me from what you've just discussed is, is respect, is respect yep. for the, the customers, respect for the data and making it a, a virtuous circle where everything's working in tandem and in harmony to mm -hmm. develop a solution that works for the individual and, and for the organization. And that kind yes. of brings us to an end of our conversation so once again tim thank you so much for your time today look forward to speaking again soon no likewise yeah thanks a lot for having me it was, it was uh, great fun <laughs>
Well, that brings to an end the latest episode of Managing Reputational Risk, a Rostrum Agency podcast, where we examine everything related to managing reputational risk. This episode focused on data, analytics, AI, and much, much more. Hope you'll join me again soon. This is a Rostrum Agency production produced, mixed and edited by Rostrum. Rostrum is a full-service communications agency offering PR, content and influencer marketing, social media, training, design and much more. Rostrum is among the UK's top 5 B2B agencies and a PR Week top 100 agency, specialising in financial services, professional services, consumer and corporate campaigns as well as crisis management, content marketing and social media. Rostrum creates campaigns and content to help clients punch above their weight. Rostrum measures everything it does, delivering exceptional value for clients' budgets. To find out more, search rostrum.agency.